Welcome to the underground, the Steel City Underground, the black and gold standard for Pittsburgh Steelers coverage. Now, here's your host, Joe Kuzma and Zach Celedonia. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Steel City Underground podcast. My name is Joe Kuzma, but you already knew that. The guy's name that's right next to me here in split screen are returning. Where have you been? I thought uh, he fell off a cliff. You know, there's no news or anything going on in the NFL, but we've got stuff right around the corner here. Combine, free agency, whatnot. We're going to talk about that today. So rejoining us on the program, one Zach Flash Celedonio. What's going on, my friend? Even The Rock takes vacations, man. So <laughs> took a little hiatus from the people and the viewers, but not because I didn't miss them. It was simply because there was no football to talk about or NFL football. Oh, jeez, we could get into this now. My XFL fanatic. I like the XFL better than the USFL already. But yeah, it's, it's, I've, I've enjoyed the games I've, I've watched. Yeah, I have two for what I've tried to watch. I've been putting it on. It's been a little bit more background noise because uh, of course we haven't been on because i've been traveling too. schedules just don't line up whatever disney beckoned man disney beckoned what can i say president's day weekend just wow was there a ton of people there i don't know i uh, kind of like the pre um the pre-covid way of things uh or not pre-covid but pre whatever we're in now go back to where there was like everyone was hiding under a rock and it was really nice you didn't have to wait in lines for anything and like whatnot. the heart of COVID. Yeah, yeah, the, the eye of the storm. <laughs> so, oh, I know, man. I know my girl and I went to Kennywood when uh, I think they just lifted restrictions, and we have pictures on our phones. I'm walking in the potato patch area. I'm the only person in the shot. Like <laughs> there was almost nobody there when we decided to go. Uh, I think that was probably we had to wear masks and it was really hot, so maybe like six or seven months into COVID. But it's something you'll never forget because it looked like we had like an exclusive pass to be there when no one else was allowed because it was that empty in Kennywood. Yeah. I have a similar uh, story about that too. Cause I went to Disney and they didn't, it was like in between where like I waited, they got rid of the whole mask thing. Cause it's like, you know, I, I had a, like a, a love hate with the mask thing. Like, uh, you know, I'm okay to some degree with it, but then there's like times where I'm just like, okay, this is like Florida and it's nearly a hundred degrees. So like, I think that was most people's yeah. but, reactions, but we didn't wear it like on a Friday at like animal kingdom, like a couple of years ago. And it sounds like I'm a brat. I didn't go to Disney for like almost 40 years of my life. And I just happened to be down there a few times over the last couple of years, but we hit a couple of different parks, park hopping. And it was like one park we hit and we didn't have to wear it. And then they changed their mind. And then we had to start wearing them again. And then it was like selective of where you wore it and et cetera, et cetera. And I'll never forget um, the NFL season that year was just goofy. The Steelers winning like 11 straight games. And uh, I got to go to one of those games against where they walloped the Cleveland Browns. Oh, that was fun. I will always enjoy that. One of those names will come up on this show, actually, for one of the Brown former former Browns players. You can already guess who's going to be, uh, probably. But uh, the piping in the crowd noise and uh, how all the seats were dispersed, like everyone was se seated, like there was like three, four, five empty rows in front and, and back, and you were on the far end, the far end, and it was just wow. Uh, th things that like, you know, now, like we took things for granted before then. And I think we're going to get back to taking for granted again, what that was like, but what a bizarre time to, to be alive, man. Uh, just, uh, uh, what else can you say about it? So, but the, uh, yeah, the XFL, uh, stuff, 
Uh, I always did enjoy the XFL before, and we were talking about this on one of the previous shows about how like they have the the one, two, and three pointers for the extra point thing, and you had that uh, come from behind. What was that? We were talking about that too. It was like Battle Hawks and Sea Dragons. We were trying to get those names right. Now it was the two teams. It was AJ McCarron and the quarterback. Yeah, qu- quarterback play was pretty pretty shite though uh, in the league so far. So hopefully they could get something figured out with that. Uh, yeah, the quarterback play is pretty ugly. Quarterback play and offensive line play is where they're having issues because if you're good enough to play professional football at a level of the offensive line, chances are you're at least a backup in the NFL. So a lot of the offensive line uh, talent in the XFL is pretty subpar. Mm-hmm. So you got guys running for their lives as soon as the ball is snapped. And Paxton Lynch yesterday had like a 40-yard <laughs> completion, but it was yeah. off his back foot and the receiver like went up and got it. So like – it isn't. It wasn't him. It, it was completely the receiver and good timing on his part. But that's where they're going to struggle, I think, for a while until they're able to get guys more money to come in. Where it'll be the offensive line and the quarterback play that continues to be a little lackluster when watching these games. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, it's it's backups of backups of backups, and and when a lot of Steelers. Can- yeah, when people complain about like, yeah, a lot of former Steelers. Geez, some of the names I didn't realize Sean Davis was playing in that league too. Like I he's knew Martinez Bryant. What's that? I think he's playing corner. Yeah, what they good for these guys? I mean, they earn a paycheck and do something that they love. Might as well. They're probably you know doing better than we are. I don't I don't know what the XFL paychecks are, but I have to think that it's at least like probably like fifty G's or something. To oh, play. I would totally like, play in the XFL right now yeah, for yeah. for like twenty five G's. I, I <laughs> I'm a cheap contract. I'll be wide receiver four. A wide receiver four. Give me Move the backup. The yeah, give me backup. Give me the backup quarterback or the QB three job. I'll go play uh, for the Renegades or whatever. I might actually end up in uh, because that guy was pretty pretty much. Uh, I think is his name Pitts because he is the Pitts. That's what I should. Uh, the quarter, the one quarterback they had playing for uh, the Renegades. Uh, they, there should be the Dallas Renegades, but they're calling them the Arlington Renegades, which is I understand they play in Arlington, but it's like come on, Arlington. Um, just for reference there, it's where the stadiums are. The old Rangers stadium is still up. That's like global life or whatever it is now. And then uh, you got the new Rangers ballpark and then the Cowboy stadiums like right there, like across the street. It's like this huge flat plot of land between Dallas and Fort Worth. And it's like, they named them Arlington and it's like, but they still have like a D and an R like as part of like their logo. And I do have a problem with the XFL branding to a degree. Like the Houston Roughnecks helmets are rough. It's like one solid color on one side, and then it's like a split color on the other. I know you're trying to be unique, but sometimes there's things that are just for the sake of doing it, and it's like that just looks really bad. I wasn't big on uh, – I like the DC Defenders logo, but I'm not big on the camo with the, the faded camo that's yeah. kind of like um, dry, uh, drowned out as like faded in the helmet design. Just make it a white helmet. Like it's if you're gonna have goofy. a team called the Renegades, I, Rod Woodson and Heinz Ward are both coaches in the XFL. Why aren't one of them coaching the Renegades? You know, yeah, and you know what? I thought like back back before it was. Um, I'm not sure if Stoops is still coaching the Renegades or not. I think he might be, but he, he's a coach somewhere. Yeah, I think he still is with the same team. Uh, but they had Landry Jones starting there. Uh, the iteration that COVID killed like two years ago, three years yeah, ago. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, it's a shame. They were getting like 30,000 people at some of these places. But Vegas, like Vegas was playing like in, they might as well have been playing in a, a backyard softball league stadium. Like compared to, you got Seattle's playing like in Lumen Field where the Seahawks play. 
and some of the other venues actually look like look the part even if they might be playing yeah, like san antonio looked the yeah. part for sure i noticed because they don't have a football team so like they actually I, I was genuinely surprised watching the san antonio game seeing their stadium pretty full they were doing the wave week one you can't do yeah. the wave without a full stadium yeah vegas it was just well the weather sucked so but the, the, it they had like uh scaffolding up and all kinds of like gimmicks to try and make it look like it was bigger than what it was but anyways you never know hey what we're talking about right now somebody's gonna be like how does this apply to whatever you never know one of these guys good for spring football hopefully spring football thrives guys get to develop they get a place to showcase their talents you never know they end up on an nfl roster pj walker was playing last year he's like the xfl kind of start go back all the way to the original one in 2000 and tommy maddox was able to uh, use that and leverage it into eventually playing for the Pittsburgh Steelers and being a starter pre big Ben Roethlisberger. So, uh, and it can flip the other way. Like guys like the, the XFL is pretty much all guys that are, or that were camp bodies like Delonte Scott and T gray scales. Like they're, oh, man, they're yeah. out there. Yeah. And the other flip side of that is like fallen stars. Like Vic Beasley's in the XFL dude, the guy who led the league in sacks. Martavis Bryant. Years back. Yeah. And Martavis. Yeah. Martavis. Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon. How could it be any more Josh bigger Gordon. falling stars than. Yeah. It's, it's great. I'm glad those guys are playing. And then what is it like eight or 10 games season? And right after it, there's definitely, there's a, there's a niche for it. And they're playing in some, what should be mostly better weather area uh, areas. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I or, that. or, or, um, uh, St. Louis was playing in a dome. I can't remember if they still are or not either. You know, I got to get back on this. I've been watching too much. Most of it highlights are just in passing. And there are people, it's amazing to me how many people are really casual to it and not paying attention, flipping the channels. And they're like, uh, yeah, they still play the dome at America center because it changed branding or whatever. So, um, but like, do you know, Rod Woodson coaches, do you know, Heinz Ward coaches or the people that are completely oblivious that these guys have jobs somewhere else. And then they're like, uh, what about Heinz Ward to be a wide receiver coach as if the Steelers are looking to hire a wide receivers coach at the moment. And it's just like, come on, put, pop the brakes on some of this. So, but and head coach of an XFL team is probably, yeah. I don't know the numbers, but close to what you would make as a position coach in the NFL. I'd have to imagine the rock has to throw something at these guys. Yeah. And you're going to try and show your chops as being a head guy. I mean, college guys don't go and then, and then have to become a coordinator in order to be a head coach in the NFL. Um, right now, some of these guys are coming out of position coach places because they feel that there's, I don't know. I I hate to get into the coaching tree arguments again, but it's just trying to, it's like the Patriots thing, get a position coach or get a coordinator from one of these teams that was just in the super bowl or just had a really good season like the Eagles. And now they're trying to poach people who might, I think it's very dangerous. It's like these guys that might become something in the future, like a tight ends coach, for example. And now we're going to just make them the head coach of a team. And it's like, does that, do they have enough experience? And then the opposite, you've got Davis Webb now going to be a quarterback coach for Russell Wilson. But like I said, a lot of those quarterbacks, you get guys that have just been, they played for a number of teams. Josh McCown, for example, isn't he? Now he's going to be offensive coordinator or quarterbacks coach somewhere. His name's always been around because he played for like 13 different teams. Josh Johnson's going to be in that position eventually. So they, they play yeah. for so many Kevin teams. O'Connell yeah. Was a quarterback. Yeah. They, they, they don't have to be a successful quarterback, Frank Reich, because they played with so many different other coaches that they've learned things from and they become like a football encyclopedia. But I digress. Let's jump down, uh, get down on this because we've got a lot of territory to cover and we're going to do so by positions. 
And we're going to start with quarterbacks. Remember, this is maybe potential 2023. That's this upcoming season. Uh, free agent targets for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Some of these uh, gentlemen that we're going to be mentioning, hopefully they're all gentlemen. Uh, some of them <laughs> might not actually. You can ball. You can ball. Yeah. Got to put the asterisks on it. We don't know 100% for sure. If they will be free agents, some of them are scheduled to be free agents. Some of them are, we're speculating as to whether or not they could be released by their current team and might as well uh, rip the bandaid off of this. We were talking about last time myself and Brian last week, we were talking about some of the Steelers worst um, free or most disappointing, not necessarily worst, but disappointing free agent signings over the years. And somebody threw in the comments, Mitch Trubisky, and I was like, well, geez, I didn't have the, I guess he didn't jump on my radar. I was going to mention a little bit more. He did get mentioned on the show, but he wasn't mentioned in the same light as like a Darius Green or a Garrett Blunt or somebody like that. And I didn't have the highest of expectations, particularly when they all, when they then went ahead and drafted uh, Kenny Pickett, because you knew Kenny Pickett was going to be the future. So I'm like, they don't, the, the contract for Mitch Trubisky told me that this guy isn't a long-term deal. $4 million paid last year, $2 million if they don't release him this year, $8 million extra saved should they cut him. Otherwise, he's a $10 million cap hit. And I'll toss this to you. We're expecting him to not be around, so that's why we're talking about potential quarterbacks because we don't think Mason's really going to be around either. Yeah, I would take Mason back, actually, to the surprise of many. Uh, but the, I think that I actually heard recently that the Steelers are trying to entertain and field calls for Mitch. So if they're able to flip him for a pick, then I would consider the signing a rather success. And yep. I'm a lot like you. I, I, I didn't have high expectations for the Trubisky signing when we signed him because I'm a fan. I was like, all right, Mitch Berg, let's go. We got, we got a quarterback for the season. And as soon as they drafted a guy who didn't have to sit for the year, i.e. Kenny Pickett, my, my expectations and hopes, anything involving Trubisky, starting for the duration of the season, we're pretty much dashed. So yeah. I wouldn't lump him in with Ladarius Green oh, yeah. or Dante Moncrief or, or any of those guys, really. I would kind of give him a an exempt, in a sense, because they went and drafted the future the year they signed him. Um, I've heard Mason is open to coming back, which is as surprising as me wanting him back. But he also, he didn't say this again. This is coming all from hearsay and quote-unquote sources that he's open to coming back, but if another team were to offer him the same deal, he'd probably leave. So it's it's really up in the air how the backup quarterback position is going to look. And there are some names on the market that that fit the Steelers, I think, MO when it comes to what they've looked for in years past under Tomlin for the backup quarterback. You know, they have guys who have been proven starters and winners like Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, uh, but and Baker Mayfield with first-round pedigree, also brief success, and uh, Josh Dobbs, a familiar name they already know and they like, and um, the wild card, like Gardner Minshew. Of those names, I, I give me Mason back. <laughs> I would just – I think it's this easiest solution, but the tricky part is Mason wanting or not wanting to come back. So if he doesn't, I'd be open to Jacoby Brissett or Dobbs or Minshew – coming back um Brissett, probably the best of the three to start for you in a pinch Minshew gives you a little bit of magic Josh Dobbs gives you the familiarity but how how familiar is our system now for Josh Dobbs and uh Baker's really a conundrum I don't know I'm all I I can't ever 
give a definitive take on Baker because I did like him when he was younger in college. I thought he was so sick. <laughs> and then yeah, he went to the Browns and it was like, you and, What's Eric, up? you and Eric both. And you guys yeah. didn't like that. I had disparaging remarks about him. I was, I was sad to see him go to the Browns. It was Johnny Manziel all over again. And that's what gave me peace of mind was thinking they would screw him up like they did Johnny Manziel. And lo and behold, they did. It just took a little bit longer. And some of it was Baker's fault as well. But he still has a little bit in him, as we as we saw briefly with the Rams, that I think in a pinch, he, he could give you something too. He's a gamer. So if he had to play two or three games for the Steelers, I, I could get on board with that. Uh, but to go back to what you said about not knowing anything about these guys' futures just yet, I think Baker would be the least likely to become available of the names I just mentioned because the Rams don't really have anybody there, and Stafford's really up in the air with his back issues and stuff, so they may want to keep Baker in-house at least to kind of be a bridge guy uh, going forward because I don't know what they're doing there in the quarterback room in L.A. Yeah, well, these are all all great names to toss up for conversation and debate. Of course, the Steelers might need two quarterbacks, and I'm a I'm of the opinion you probably are too. Let me ask this one. But I was mentioning Mitch. Mitch would be a bad signing if they would have paid, let's say, ten, twelve, fifteen a year for him. That's why he's, I don't consider him necessarily a bad signing. I think just some people had higher expectations. That's why he doesn't like just end up on my list. They get a draft pick for him when they're going to already more than likely release them anyways, then yes, absolutely. That's just, it's icing on the cake. Uh, I, they, otherwise I think they got to rip up the contract and he might just say, Oh, fun Google to that. You know what I mean? I'll take my $2 million and see if there's somewhere else where there may be an opportunity to even compete and play. Maybe it's another one of these areas. Like you saw Mariota and a team that took Ritter last year with the Atlanta Falcons. And you might, that might be what Mason also looks at too. But then again, Mason might look if Mitch is out of the picture, I'm the guy. And when I, we said this myself and Brian last week, we said Mason would be Mason has veteran experience. He's, he's started games. Um, he's been with the Steelers the whole time. He knows what they're about. He knows what to expect. And maybe Kenny, you know, the way concussion protocols and things like that work, you need a backup quarterback. So I don't like, I, I, I struggle with the vibe where people are drafting mid round developmental prospect quarterbacks to be the Steelers backup to Kenny Pickett, a year two quarterback. I do not see that happening. The Steelers yeah, are, pass on that. Yeah. Pass on that. If they draft a quarterback, I think it'll be like in the seventh round, like Chris Oladokun style after they get the veteran backup ironed out, whether that's Mason, Jacoby Brissett or somebody else. I, yeah, they're not going to take quarterback in the mid rounds. That would be something I, I'm normally not too this sure about saying they're not going to do something, yeah. but drafting a quarterback mid round makes, makes no sense, especially because you still have that small portion of the fan base that thinks Kenny's not going to be good. So if they take a guy like fourth round and up, we're going to hear like, Oh, why don't you put so-and-so in get Kenny's throwing two picks. Oh, this game. Like, and they already hate, not- they hated Landry and these folks hated uh, Mason Rudolph. And those were third and fourth round picks. What do you think you're getting if they go and they blow that? And then of course, like what you're saying, the whole Yinzer, uh, the next guy will be better until they're not. You like they love the backup quarterback until they don't. You may even hear it if they do sign a guy. The reason why we're mentioning probably Brissett and Baker Mayfield, the main reason is Mike Tomlin. They have a history of not only a veteran quarterback. Now I think Baker will probably he could fetch some money somewhere. He could compete maybe to start. Maybe the Rams trade and everything. Maybe uh, or will he end up? How the hell did he end up there? He got caught again from the Panthers. Panthers yeah. released him. 
It was a trade with the Panthers and Browns. My fault. So um, Panthers cut him. Rams got him on yeah, waivers. Yeah, it was the other way around. But like you said, with Stafford, that Stafford's making a lot of money, and I don't think the Rams have a whole lot to part with. They are going to be in like a salary cap hell of themselves, uh, mm-hmm. trying to build the build that super. They're already getting rid of Bobby Wagner. We already said that was a dumb signing, just too much, too expensive, etc. Uh, if they're able to keep Baker around to be at least a backup quarterback. But I just don't know what he, what his expectations are at this point. Does he want to be a backup with maybe a potential to become the heir somewhere? Does he want to go start right away? Is he looking to cash in? Is he a guy that's going to float around the league for a few years? Jacoby Brissett's already there. And these are both uh, players that Mike Tomlin has seen on the other side of the field and had to study and watch film and everything else. So they know if they're a fit or not. I can't say as to whether or not they are but that would make a lot of sense if they ended up in a Steelers jersey as a backup to Kenny Pickett and also being a veteran quarterback. Jacoby Brissett probably isn't going to cost a whole lot of money. Mitch Trubisky shouldn't cost a whole lot of money, but he got kind of like a quasi semi-starter deal last year, which was still not, like I said, anything that really broke the bank. We mentioned Josh Dobbs. I mentioned Josh Dobbs because uh, he could be a QB3, just like he was before and even a QB4 when he was on injured reserve, he was still hanging around in sweats on the sideline with the Surface tablet. And that's a guy I think that uh, could be valuable uh, to to the team. And he just got a little bit of starting experience, but not as the de facto, just straight up backup. We're talking you need a Charlie Batch, you need a Bruce Gredkowski, you need a uh, Byron Leftwich, you need a guy who's been a starter or a journeyman somewhere around the league. Uh, I don't know if Case Keenum's name is floating around anywhere out there, but that's the kind of guys I tend to think of when I'm thinking of potential targets for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Keenum is a free agent. Is he? he he? Yeah, but I kind of tend to think that they may have already sniffed around there if they would have been interested in him. There's always a lot of that. If somebody played within your division type thing and jumping to a team that's within your own division, familiarity uh, type of deal that ends up happening. It doesn't matter if it's AFC North or NFC East. You see players jump from the Eagles to the Giants or vice versa. Same thing with Steelers, Browns, Ravens, Bengals, Larry Ogunjobi, the great example right there. I mentioned Gradkowski. I think Gradkowski almost made the world tour or the division tour too. He played for three of the teams in the AFC North. Uh, Mike Tomzak. I remember hearing, in uh, I believe that uh, the Jets game from 2020 or 2021, one of the two, uh, Arthur Mollette stuck out a good bit. And uh, that's why the Steelers had like a peg in him. And we're like, oh, yeah. keep an eye on Mollette because he made some nice things happen. And um, he's been a solid piece at times. Yeah, totally. I totally agree. And so I think they're in the market for at least, uh, if not one, two quarterbacks. The other one, like you said, it could be a developmental guy. Some people had speculated as to whether or not Oladokun could be back. I don't really speculate that. They didn't really let him throw the ball or do anything of any notoriety during camp. So it's not like he learned a whole, I don't think he got really ingrained at all. Um, no, he was having a good old time on the sidelines yeah. in the Super Bowl for the Chiefs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I saw him in his street clothes. Oh like, no, yeah, I forgot that's where he is. Yeah, get a ring. Um, so we're going to jump over to running backs. And I don't think like in years past, people get hype over like the dumbest stuff, man. Like Kalen Balage, another XFLer right now. And leading rusher, Kalen Balage in the XFL. Uh, don't get people started. I just, uh, I, I don't see it would be like somebody like that or Jeremy McNichols, but he's I, only got like 90 something yards. And he, <laughs> he's leading the league in rushing. Yeah, that's been pretty bad too. That Renegades team couldn't run the ball, they couldn't throw the ball. Some of it gets to be putrid offense, and you get like the 
the two minute anything goes and all of a sudden it opens up. But I like that the rules, like if the XFL had just regular rules, then it's like the teams can't come back and make things. That's what makes it exciting. And the onset. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Too. I like it's modified to help the level of competition that they have that's there. And don't forget, some of these guys haven't been with these teams for very long or getting to know each other, their teammates, coaches. It's always going to be a lot of turnover, I think, in a league like that. But um, jump into the running backs like Balage. We've seen Niall Davis jump around, and he was going to be the next big thing. Camp Phenom. The Steelers have like no real need for a running back. They don't have to go out and jump and get a, a veteran running back. I think Betty Snell's on the kind of he's on the chopping block. I think he's had his four years in. He'd be a free agent. Uh they still have Anthony McFarland, who I think was signed to a free uh, uh I'm sorry, um exclusive rights or whatever. Futures contract, futures reserve contract, right? In the offseason. So uh with Najee Harris and with Jalen Warren. I don't see them needing to dip their toe in the pool whatsoever. I, I don't know. I don't recall if you had, I don't think you had running back at all on your list either as a, any potential free agent targets. Yeah, that is very on purpose. <laughs> We're set at running back uh, <laughs> more than we got a bell cow and Najee and Jalen Warren proved himself as a really good RB too. I, I, I really enjoy the way he coats the rock, but um, what they sign into, do they have to extend him? Maybe that's what we have to watch out for is Jalen Warren needs to get a contract because if he was a free agent signing, he couldn't have been signed for more than a um, year. He's, he's, well, UDFA. So I believe that's a, a initial like two years on the onset. Oh, okay. you, you put me right on the spot. I don't have it right in front of me, but they basically control his contract for the better part, four or five years like they would anyone else when they pull like something off the street. Exactly. Exactly like okay, that. Okay, cool, uh, cool. It'll be so, like yeah. an exclusive rights at one point. Um, and then there's tenders and everything else restricted free agent. And then Robert Spillane's very similar in that same aspect in that regard too. So yeah, Jalen Warren, um, he, he's not going anywhere anytime fast. They kind of, you kind of control the contract of these, uh, specific players when, um, when they're uh, street free agents or undrafted. So that and ends I, up I remember with well. the Hilton scenario, because people kept wondering why he was p playing for like less than a million a year for so long for the Steelers. Um, so, so Warren's in-house, that's good. Uh, even national media, I've read articles, like I read one recently and they were breaking down uh, each team's draft. Now that the season's over and they would do like the grade and then they would do like a notable free agent. And uh, Jalen Warren was ours. And, I think he's a great RB2 for Najee, provides a little bit of a of a different running pace. And I'm still a big McFarland guy. I think he rather proved his his worth when he got the chance versus the Colts this year and uh, had a good game. He's had moments. And um, for whatever reason, I don't know, that they, they, they've bumped him down the practice squad a couple of times. But I still like what he brings, even a, another element to the run game, because he has that extra step that uh, Jalen and Najee can't really reach. Um, and then Benny Snell, you know, so I, I don't know what happens to Benny Snell, but even without him, that's, we have three guys. We don't have to waste money there. They'll probably do the same thing they do every year, which is of their 10 undrafted free agents. They usually get one or two will probably be a running back because you have to keep the light load for camp. Um, but Master Teague, Master agency, Teague hmm. also signed the futures deal too. So oh, yeah, he's probably Master somebody they'll bring to camp. State. Yeah. Right. They'll probably have like five or six backs. Hey, not to cut India right there, but there's the Jalen Warren uh, contract. So next two years. So he signed a three-year deal oh, as an nice. undrafted uh, free agent. So uh, he should be around for a little while. Usually they could, they like I said, they have a way of manipulating or controlling 
with exclusive rights and things like that. But if that wasn't an actual futures deal, I don't know. I'd have to look back. I think Alejandro Villanueva is somebody else that comes to mind like that. Rose Roosevelt Knicks didn't quite make it into contract talks. So it, not often do you have to talk about this. How many guys are there that are undrafted that usually, you know, end up as um, significant contributors that end up with a second contract. So I guess we'll worry about that in 2025 when we do this show several years down the road. Um, but Let's hope. Yeah, yeah, let's hope, right? All, all for the best. And uh, moving on, I, I, I grouped these together for us, receivers and tight ends. And that's more or less because I don't see a whole lot going on here. In-house, you've got Zach Gentry. I think that I, I prefer I'd like to see him back. And then they're set with uh, Pat Fryermuth, Hunter Hayward. There's not a whole lot that uh, needs to be done on the tight end side. On the wide receivers, and we could do a whole show, and we might have a whole show dedicated to this because we've got to talk about uh, Addison coming out of uh, wherever the hell he transferred to, but, you know, Kenny's former target from Pitt. And everybody wants to mock him or or Joey Porter Jr. And I think the Steelers are pretty good here at wide receiver. I I think that what do you got? You got Deontay Johnson. There's folks that don't even realize Deontay Johnson signed a contract last year. I'm seeing like you, you see some of the like conjecture online, and I just do one of these like the the Patrick Stewart facepalm uh, meme. I'm like, come on, guys. So George Pickens, Calvin Austin was drafted last year. I love I the, uh, the airplane movie gif where they all do it. The, oh, oh, oh. Oh, absolutely. I'm trying to think. Um, Miles, uh, Miles Boykin might be one of the few guys that you're looking to. Uh, he, was a, he was a hell of a special teams player this past year. And he's going to be a free agent. It might be somebody you're looking to bring back. And if you put that into that room, what did I just mention? I mentioned uh, Johnson, Pickens, Austin. And then uh, Steve Sims and um, Gunner and Boykin. Yeah, and there's Gunner. There's Gunner, but uh, Gunner might not be around. Uh, Gunner comes around, and people mention in the comments. I always forget about Gunner. I'm not going to forget about him today. But Steve Sims, I think, is another player that's like uh, either exclusive rights or restricted free agent type scenario. Uh, Gunner Oshevsky, on the other hand. Uh, he's under contract for another year, but they save $2 million and only eat 600000 on his contract, and there might not be room for him, and he's kind of lost his job. And I know my, Brian and I talked about this once already, uh, but uh, just throwing that out there with you. That's five or six wide receivers we already named. Anthony Miller, if I didn't already mention it, futures contract, going to be back. But it was a guy I thought would have made the roster – like definitely competing to make the roster last year. You never know who they might draft in a later round, but I'm not looking at, I'm not really looking at free agent targets unless they're looking for somebody to replace miles Boykin's role and, or Steve Sims Oshevsky are looking for another returner, like a Ray Ray McLeod type guy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love my receivers, but I, I really wasn't even entertaining the idea. Same with running back too. I don't think we have yeah. a need to go out and pay a guy to be wide receiver four or five, because this free agent class, there aren't really a lot of dudes that are going to come in and make an immediate impact for the Steelers or secede guys like Pickens, Deontay, and hopefully if Calvin Austin works out, Steven Sims has earned a right to be mentioned, I guess. I'd rather draft a guy 100%. I think, um, they're, I think they're going to draft a guy somewhere in the middle, uh, whether it's pick 50 or pick 80 or after that. That's kind of the sweet spot for them. Um, I'm open to that for sure, because I just, I believe in the constant replenishment of 
that spot, especially oh, yeah. when I'm very excited for Talvin Austin, but he's he's a big question mark right now. And Steven Sims and Boykin and Anthony Miller, they're all journeymen. Like they've done good things. They've 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 shown flashes and contributed in a positive way for the Steelers as of late. But if they can get a guy who's gonna be better by those three by like week four or five of the NFL season through developing, then I'll take that guy in the draft, especially if they fill other needs with their first and second pick or or their first, second and third pick, depending on when they get hungry for a receiver in the draft. Yeah. But paying a guy to come in from outside, no. I'm going to say pass on that because I don't think there's anybody worthy. I'd rather give a little bit of chump change to Boykin to stick around because he did do a really good job on punt team as a gunner, on um, not Gunner Oshevsky, Boykin being a gunner. He did a good <laughs> job getting down and yeah. making tackles, I think. And yeah, that, that you and I talked uh, off screen about this. And most people, if, if you bother to follow me on social media or you have been following along with the show, for a while, I am pro Jordan Addison to Pittsburgh, but not with the first pick. I'm very open to it. Uh, if he falls to pick 32, very, very open to that. But with the first pick, that's a that's a tough sell. And, unless they were able to get a starting offensive lineman and a starting corner in free agency and fill those needs, then Addison at 17 sounds a little sweeter. But that's just too early. I know myself, and I know I would sell myself on it as soon as the pick was made. I sold myself on Artie Burns. I sold people on Artie Burns. So if they picked Addison at 17, yeah, I'd be like, eh, but I'd, I I would come around real fast. But but I, I think 17 is just a little too early. Um, and it, the, the possibility of him falling to 32 is slim, but we've seen crazier things. I know not every situation is the same or parallel, but I remember when DK Metcalf and Chase Claypool were too – a shoe in first round picks, especially after they killed the combine at their size. They both went like at pick 50. And yeah. Addison's a bit of a different case, but receiver is a funny spot where it, it, teams are all over the board on what they view as far as their type of receiver they want in their offense for their need. So does a team view Addison as a pure number one receiver? Like a, like a team that's going to take a receiver first round, um, I'm having a hard time thinking of guys right now, but are you going to take him to come in and be the one? I don't know because there, there's other bodies like the TCU receiver, uh, Johnson, I think he's got a prototypical one kind of build. Addison, he's got like a Calvin Ridley build. You know, he, it isn't all about your build. I know Antonio Brown, Steve Smith, the, the list goes on, but there is a little reason to think he might fall farther than people think. And if he does, I'm open to him being a stealer. Um, really a long-winded way for me to say I don't want a free agent wide receiver, but I just wanted to get that out there that I do think that we could improve the room, but it's not necessarily a need. It would be more of a luxury pick and a pick um, for Kenny to if they got Addison at some point there. Mid-round receiver is way more likely. Yeah, yeah. No, I, uh, I, I totally uh, – I'm totally on the same um... – playing field here with you i was trying to look up some of the receivers um yeah so tcu quentin johnson jalen hyatt from tennessee people have him going like in the second and third round and from what i saw watching tennessee games this year i watched a lot i love sec football and he won the bolitnikov i would think he's a first round pick but i i guess that shows what i know but that that adds to my point of the variance of how the nfl their eyes are all over the map when it comes to receiver uh, value, it seems. 
Yeah, and don't forget, there's going to be a boatload of quarterbacks taken, so there's going to be other priorities. I think I think what happens is is too many people make the association of Joe Burrow and uh, Jamar Chase, totally. Kenny Pickett and Jordan Addison, which is a totally unfair comparison. And you know, a lot of us were making fun of the Bengals for taking Chase sixth overall as well. Oh, hand up. I, I was dead wrong. I, and I, I own up to it yep. all the time because people love to throw that bag. No, you think he's going to be Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow. No, I don't, but if they're like a third of that, that's a good thing. Like Those two are a lethal connection. So if they were able to have any kind of magic close to that, that would be awesome. But no, I don't, I don't say I'd want him because I think he'd be putting up 1600 yards as a rookie like Chase did that, especially with George Pickens and Deontay Johnson here where, yeah, the Bengals had T Higgins and Tyler Boyd, but it's pretty much established that Pickens and Deontay are the one and two for next year, regardless of if they were to get Jordan Addison, he's going to be the three all year and he'll come in as a two at times, but it isn't the same scenario the Bengals were facing where as soon as they drafted Chase, he was the unquestioned number one receiver immediately. Yeah, uh, I'm with you there, and I, I'm going to throw uh, Jerry Dulac under the bus. Sometimes he says so it's just some of the dumbest shit that's out there. <laughs> I mean, uh, I swear he – I don't know if he does it to troll. Like, uh, when a guy's been a, a veteran or experienced as a reporter or journalist as Jerry is, uh, I, I don't know, does he – he tweets or maybe somebody tweets for him. Maybe that's what ends up happening. He's a grumpy guy. He can be. Um, someone, this was several days ago, but, uh, someone asked me in today's chat. He has like his chats that he does my ideal draft. I said, Peyton Manning, Aaron Donald, Tony Baselli, and Jamar chase. And I'm kind of like, really dude, Jamar chase. Are you trying to throw like some shade or whatever? Jamar chase, not Jerry Rice, all time players, his ideal draft. It yeah. looks like all-time players, right? Yeah, it yeah, really so does, except for Jamar up. Chase. Like, his story's still being told. I mean, uh, he could be cut short, and, and everybody will think he was pretty good, but not a Hall of Famer like Sterling Sharp, like, back in the day. Like, you would, I, I would pick uh, not Megatron, not Jerry Rice, not Randy Moss. Like, Randy Moss would probably be, like, if I put – I might even put – I'm a big Jerry Rice stan. And that's not to take – it. you don't even mention, like, guys like John Stallworth, Lynn Swan, Heinz Ward, even Plaxico, even Plaxico, like it's a little early to be crowning. Like I could put Aaron Donald in that conversation. Yeah. 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 Baselli. Um, I don't know that Baselli was better than Alan Fanica. Like, so uh, like Peyton Manning, you're not going to get an argument. Aaron Donald, you're not going to get an argument. He really, I'm not even going to argue Baselli really one of the all time greats. Right. Um, but (laughs) Jabbar chase, like just, it blew my mind, man. It's just there's at least five guys you can name without sounding ridiculous. Like you said, Megatron, Jerry Rice, Randy Moss, my goat, um, Steve yeah. Smith, and T.O. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Even Steve Smith, absolutely. Uh, Jimmy Smith. You could probably name like five Smiths <laughs> that were better. <laughs> like I would rather have in that conversation. So I used to play this game with my uncle many years ago uh, when we get the preseason guides because you didn't have internet back then. We would try and count how many Williamses. How many Johnsons, how oh, many yeah. Jones are in the NFL? That's kind of interesting. They even within the same team, and some guys would maybe have to have their initial with their name. Uh, now guys, but like, like they name their kids all down in sequence. You senior, get the junior, full name third. sometimes. That's yeah. always a good laugh. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. So, uh, moving along, <laughs> yeah, Jamar Chase. I mean, uh, Randy Moss. I watched play in college, so he's kind of he, maybe a one A one B with Rice. I, I loved Rice when he played. That dude would catch anything. 
So uh, this is the big one. It's still on everyone else's mind. Offensive line. And even before you were um, here as one of the hosts, Zach, myself and Brian beat this to death. It was like beating the dead horse with the stick. There was no carcass. We, we demolished the skeleton into dust, into ashes. And it was, this will take three years to fix or get the offensive line that the Steelers want in place. We're now going to be into heading into year three here. It doesn't mean that they're not going to add. I do get kind of annoyed with talk of offensive tackle. It's not to say that they won't take an offensive tackle. It really depends on who's going to be there in the draft. I don't know if there's anybody that's out there in free agency. Um, I know Taylor Lewan just got released. I was going to say F me. <laughs> no, dude, I, I think he's retiring. <laughs> yeah. I'm almost, I'm almost positive. I only want him because I think he'd be sick for content. And like, I, I know he has good play deep down inside, but his injuries and I don't know what he's going to ask for. <clears throat> Pardon me. I think Taylor the ones that if he doesn't retire, he's going to be one of the classic doesn't get signed anywhere. And then in camp, when somebody loses their tackle uh, due to injury, he'll sign with that team. If he plays, I don't think he'll sign anywhere very soon unless he's like in way better shape than I think he is, but he looks way skinnier than you would expect the starting tackle to be. He's made jokes about like his level of play falling off. He knew he was going to get cut for like a month. So yeah, Taylor Vaughn, I, I probably have to pass on him, but there, there's a handful of names that we could see added and they're, they're all different levels of skill. Yeah. Um, as far as offensive linemen, uh, I didn't really get too deep into this. You had the better list. You did more of the home homework on these guys. I thought it was interesting. I'll mention George Fant. That's me, um, dude. Yeah. Student of the year. <laughs> Honor George roll. Fant would be interesting. Would be interesting. And, and what's also interesting at tackle is, is that more or less you're looking to upgrade Dan Moore. I know that there's some people that are morons out there that want to uh, say goodbye to Chooks Core 4. I don't think a Core 4 is going anywhere anytime soon. If you're going to, you're looking at the weakest links on the offensive line. And right now it's not Mason Cole, unless you're thinking you go with a center and slide Cole to guard. And that probably fixes your Kevin Dotson issue. I think Dotson's the bigger issue, even the Dan Moore. When you get, when you get someone like Lawan that's up there in uh, age and has been injury prone, you're really saying to yourself, there's a good chance that Dan Moore plays eight to 10 games or more in a season. And then what's the point of even signing the dude? And then you have, you don't have the, you don't have the continuity with your line. You may have a minimal upgrade. Uh, you, uh, it's also, is he going to play up to the level that he has in the past now in an accelerated age and post injury, even if he does stay healthy and there's no guarantees that something like that might happen. Yeah. It's, it's definitely more risk than reward at, at this point in Lawan's career. And, you, you, bri you briefly mentioned George Font there, George Fant. He's 30 years old, but he'd be one of the cheaper starting tackles to go after from the Jets. Uh, Andre Dillard is a name that he's actually the Eagles' swing tackle. He's tackle three, but a lot of people believe that he'd be a starting tackle elsewhere. And his name was going around in trade talks. Um, the Eagles are always involved in those, it seems, but he wasn't moved. Um, but from what I read on the tea leaves on Twitter was a lot of teams that were offensive line hungry wanted Andre Dillard to be traded to them. And our co-GM assistant GM, Andy Weidel from the Eagles, I believe their time overlapped because Dillard's been there for like three or four years. So 
He probably had a hand in drafting him. Um, Dillard, I imagine, wouldn't cost much money. The fact that he's not been a starter behind uh, Lane Johnson and uh, the rugby player they have over there in Philly. So that's a name kind of like just to keep an eye on because of the Weidel connection and the fact that he's like untapped potential. You know, he hasn't gotten to start a lot yet, but everybody believes he's going to be decent. And then you got the big boys like Orlando Brown and Mike McGlinchey. Orlando Brown's uh, market value is $22.5 million a year. That's actually pretty good. I, I mean, that's worth paying a starting offensive tackle if he's going to be one of the best in the game, $22.5 million a year. The thing is, though, to get that number, you got to give him like a five-year, $100 million contract. And that's just not very Steelers. I, I would be shocked silent if they signed Orlando Brown. I like Mike McGlinchey. As well, he's the starting tackle for the Niners from Notre Dame. Uh, he his market value is about fourteen million a year, fourteen to fifteen. So a little more in the ballpark. He signed up like a four-year, sixty million dollar deal. That that's feasible. Um, the thing is, though, the Niners don't really have much of a reason to let him go. Like he hasn't been disappointing. He hasn't had injuries. He's he's been just good enough to play at a level where he's worth that to them. So. If he hits the market, that's going to be someone that I, I would love to see the Steelers take some interest in, but I uh, don't know how likely that is. So of the names that caught my eye and names that I think could compete with Dan Moore or help be an upgrade would be Dillard or or maybe George Fant. And, um, but if not, that means somewhere in their first two picks, they're going to have to do something with the offensive line. We'll either go guard or tackle depending on best player available, but that's what makes free agency. So beautiful, man. I love this time of year because this could all change so fast. I E what we saw last year when everybody thought we'd go offensive line. Uh, not me. I always knew quarterback before. And they signed uh, James Daniels and Mason Cole. And all of a sudden the need for offensive line, just, it just shifted. They still could have went there, but the, the need just totally the rankings in which they needed to fill holes changed after free agency severely last year. And that could happen this year if they're able to get one of these names. Um, and and I, I'm open to it, certainly. But it, again, it's going to be a white whale kind of situation because these are some big names that they're going to go out and try and get if they do uh, that normally would sign with teams like the Dolphins and the Commanders and the you know, the teams that go out of their way to give out big contracts like they're nothing. Teams that suck that have a lot of salary cap room like the Jaguars did last year. That's there you what go. typically ends up happening. You may get like one. The other uh, scenario there, too, is a team that has a quarterback under a rookie contract. So just want yeah. to throw that one out there true, true, true. <laughs> uh, because you might be able to spread that wealth over a few seasons, but that's the reason why Steelers, like you already mentioned though, Cole's not a uh, breaking the bank, but there are how many guys can you pay on the offensive line? Chooks has a pretty healthy deal. James Daniels has a pretty healthy deal. Uh, so I I'm, I'm like leaning. I am leaning towards a draft pick. It's just a matter of how high, I still think the Steelers like to go interior offensive line. You just look over the years and they, uh, the tackle play, if it's at least subpar, they're okay as long as the interior of their line is set. I, I would understand. love a nasty guard yeah. at 17. I'd love a plug-and-play immediate starter, help with Najee, help with Kenny. 
um, a name I forgot to write down, but I just remembered uh, Powers from the Ravens. Ben Powers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. As a Powers played center as well. Yeah, he's, I think he's, he's, a, been, he's a multi-talented yeah. dude and uh, Most a nasty of them are. guy in interdivision. Yeah. Yeah, that would be good. I know Chris Hubbard, I think, is coming up on that, but he's approaching like 30-some years old. Kelvin Beecham. I'm going to get into some names that are former Steelers maybe on a future show here, but people are always trying to link uh, comeback stories, which never used to be a thing in the NFL, and then all of a sudden that kind of broke with like Antoine Randall L and Plaxico coming back for a little bit and guys like William Will Brian Gay, McFadden, William Brian McFadden, Gay. the dude, all the corners. Give me all Will of those. Allen like 10 times. Oh, uh, if you seen any of the replays, of the Steelers Super Bowls that were on like the week before or whatever, it was like, oh my goodness, watching um, the one against the Cardinals and getting that right in the moment of like, you know, the back and forth and Larry Fitzgerald scoring on like if they would have won that game, the Larry Fitzgerald catch, the Cardinals would have won that game. I'm saying that Larry Fitzgerald catch would have been talked about in the same uh, light of the San Antonio Holmes one. And San Antonio goes out there and one ups them, but it's just like, wow, it's just unbelievable. Poor Ike Taylor. But seeing Ike Taylor, man, Ike Taylor was a dude. I'm not going to, not going to lie. Not going to lie. So um, mo moving on and we're going to get to defense and it seems like it's kind of broken down real simplistic. And I think there's a reason for that. Um, defensive line and edge put together. I didn't actually put linebackers on. I think we're missing linebackers. I'm going to have to add linebackers over onto our list here. I can't believe I did that, my dude. So we're going to, I'm going to get that fixed. But anyways, um, the defensive line work in progress or the, the, yeah, the topic yeah. bar, I should say. Yeah, it is. It's actually, it's quite, kind of a pain in the ass for me to do, but <laughs> helps keep us on task. As a host. It keeps us on task. Um, defensive line and edge should be put, put those together. And the reason is it's guys that go after the quarterback. And I did a lot of speculation. What will Alex? I think Alex Highsmith's the next guy to really get paid. And I think that's going to be one of the reasons why people are saying like, oh, well, the Steelers, what, they, do they really do this? It's like, yes, they do. They've paid uh, Cam Hayward and Stefan to it. And guys, all in the past, they've had James Harrison under a decent deal and then went and gave Lamar Woodley like the richest contract in that team history back then. So this is definitely something that they can do if they're able to, and they could do this. And they got a lot of money already invested on the defensive side of the ball. So you got TJ Watt, you've got Cam still making a decent amount of money, but he's getting up there in age. And that's why I think they can afford Highsmith because Cam in a couple of years might be seeing his way out. And then Highsmith is earning his higher, higher dollars further down the road. So that's one to maybe uh, keep an eye on. Yeah. A with little your, backloading action. Yeah. A little, yeah, definitely some of that backloading action. I mean, Minka and, and TJ are the, are the breadwinners so far. So why the hell not? Uh, it all depends on what they do with defensive line. Larry Okajobi was making eight mil last year, but you know, it's again, that's not like the biggest deal in the world. Miles Jack, these aren't really, they're not breaking the bank a whole lot with, uh, I know it was the highest paid defense or whatever. That's, weighed heavily by making TJ and Minka the highest paid at their position. But I think we could all uh, see the elephant in the room is, is that you either need depth behind those edge rushers or you need to kind of compliment Cam Hayward as well. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do with Larry O, uh, DeMarvin Leal, Isaiah Loudermill, guys like that. Are they still going to be playing? Uh, too many people talk about nose tackle. It drives me crazy. Can we please get off a of nose tackle? Nose tackle has not been... Do you remember who Steve McClendon was? No. Okay. So we could stop talking about it because it's not like 
Taiso Lualu got a ton of playing time, and I know he's like 36 years old or something now. He's on his way out. He's up there, 34, 35, 36, somewhere in that range. Um, loved him to death, got hurt, really kind of lost his job last year. Still have Montrevious Adams for like the 30% or fewer snaps that they're going to end up playing. I, I just don't see going after defensive tackle. You need somebody that's more a defensive end type with the sub packages that they play. They're not looking for the next Casey Hampton. They have more DBs on the field. So somebody has to come off of there. And I think they would more or less spend their money somewhere else. This could even be something where they draft a guy and have him kind of stashed, but it'd still be a mid round. It wouldn't be, I think a very high draft pick unless you're thinking in the light of, Oh, I don't know, like Stefan to it. Like you're trying to get the next to it and you don't think you have it with Leal or bringing Okajobi back. So that's where I kind of sit. Don't forget they resigned or they brought back um, Quincy Roche with the futures deal too. So probably going to be in that discussion or in the thought of uh, potential depth. You never know when Tuzar Skipper might show up to training camp. He's in the XFL right now. <laughs> so um, I, I know you got a couple of names there. I'm going to add linebackers to this list for the next uh, the next topic when we get to it. <laughs> I, I think you make a lot of good points about the defensive line where like everybody, Steeler fans especially, seem to chase that Casey Hampton, Javon Hargrave role because they've seen it um work when we have when we have a real stud at that spot. But they do they do opt to uh change formation outside of that often. Um I butchered that. What am I trying to say? They they go with different <laughs> formations often. You know, I, I mean get, I, I try to make myself saying. sound so smart there, but they don't use nose tackle as often as they used to when they had Casey Hampton. And when Javon Hargrave was a quote-unquote nose tackle, he played the different gaps. He wasn't lined up on the center every single time. So I, I, the defensive line could use a little revamping and, and some additions, but the idea of getting this giant run stuffer for the middle, it isn't as important as it used to be 10 years ago. I'm, I'm definitely um, looking at the depth we could add behind DJ and Highsmith because it seems like we've been stuck in this perpetuality of we have two guys who are really good elite at rushing rushing the passer as starters, but behind them it's a bunch of woulda coulda shouldas and has beens. You know, guys that oh well, this guy looked good in preseason, this guy was good um, for one start in his career, and that's just I feel like they can do more. Maybe it's selfish of me. Maybe I'm just but I see other teams that they just are so deep and you can never have enough edge rushers or never have enough talent that is good at getting to the quarterback. It's you can't have too much. And behind TJ and Highsmith, I just don't have much confidence at all in the room outside of the Marvin Leal's potential. I, I do like his potential. I, I think he can be a player for us, but that's one guy. If they're able to coerce a, a Chase Winovich or a Yannick Ngakwe or Bud Dupree, even if he gets cut, to come in and be the three. I know you, you think, don't want Bud Dupree. Bud, but hear me out on no, Bud no, Dupree. no. I love Bud Dupree, but do you think he would be a three? It sounds like a Melvin Ingram situation just ready to boil over. No, you beat me to it. That's what I was just saying to my buddy because I sent him a picture of the list earlier today um, saying, oh, dude, today's show is going to be a heater. <laughs> and uh, I, He was like, do you think Bud Dupree would still be good or is he just like past it now? And I'm like, he's, I think he's still good. He's just been bit by the injury bug since he's been over there. And as a result, I think he's either going to get cut or asked to take a pay cut or if he's um, if he's available – I can't imagine his market's going to be very high because he's been 
for lack of a better explanation, a disappointment with the Titans. And he might not be able to get a deal where he's going to be a starter or going to get a lot of money. He might want to springboard himself back into free agency on a one-year deal. And going to a team like the Steelers where we need a third guy, all he would have to do is come in, pin his ears back, and rush the passer. Get sacks. Get your stats up, dude. Um, less wear and tear on his body, too, because of the injuries he's been having. So if he's open to it or a comfortable system for him, obviously connections here. Um, his last great football was with the Steelers. If he would be cheap and was looking for that deal to springboard himself back into free agency possibly in 2024, I would take him absolutely. Um, you know him and TJ were close. Uh, if not him, Yannick Ngakwe is a guy with a little more juice in the tank, a little less injury problems, bounces around teams frequently, so I don't think he's much of a he, – he enjoys being a nomad. Like, he doesn't want to stick around on a team long, so – I like the possibility of him. Derek Rivers is a name that the Steelers uh, were linked to a lot oh, yeah. during the draft. Same with Winovich, honestly. And um, I haven't followed his career that well, but he is a free agent. And uh, that really does it for the edge rushers that I think they would look at that be able to make an impact. There, there's other guys, who, like you mentioned, Quincy Roche, who we just got back. There's guys who were very low on the depth chart of their teams or former teams, I should say now. but I'm talking guys that would come in and, and make an impact. Uh, the defensive line, they're all big names that are going to demand a lot of money, like Hargrave and Fletcher Cox and Dalvin Tomlinson, uh, Deron Payne. These oh, yeah. guys are all going to break the bank. The, the, the Steelers very well could pick one guy that we've mentioned in the past hour here that's going to be a pretty penny and go out and get them. That, that's possible. They could go after one big fish like James Daniels or – They've done it before where they've they've gone out and signed like three or four or five free agents. And the one guy is like the red power ranger of the group. He's the leader. He got the most money. He's the one that is, is the face of the class. They could do that with one of these guys. But you have to ask yourself, do you want that to be a guy like Deron Payne? Do you want it to be a guy like Mike McGlinchey? Do you want it to be a guy like Hermaine Edmonds, a linebacker? So I don't think it's plausible to think they're going to get multiple top dollar guys, but they could get one. Yeah, the current average per year, by the way, Fletcher Cox, age 33, Javon Hargrave, age 30. Uh, didn't believe that Hargrave was already up there. Uh, but you know what? Defensive linemen, they play in their 30s. So I'm not yeah, going to say they get that, third contracts. Uh, Sean Davis and Audie Burns are his classmates, and they're like yeah. out of the league. I know. Isn't that crazy? Uh, Delvin Tomlinson, uh, David Onyemata, and then Larry Ogunjobi, followed by Michael Brockers, Akeem Hicks, Dean Lowry, Puna Ford, Ashawn Robinson, Dean Matt Lowry Ioannidis. Dean kind of a good like, run stuff in D-lineman. I've noticed the Packers um, lineman. I kind of like him. John Kaminsky is another name. I've mentioned him before on the Lions, my buddy's friend. Uh, he had a really good season with the Lions. But the recent release of Michael Brockers makes me believe they're going to prioritize bringing him back. Because get this, Kaminsky had a 12.4% pass rush win rate, which was better than Justin Houston. Um, it, I say Justin Houston because he's also a free agent. And it ranked, I think it's top four in the defensive line pass rush win rate, win rate of the free agent class. So John Kaminsky can play some ball. 
he, he's got a Steeler lineman type of build. Like he's a big, thick dude, but he's not fat, you know? <laughs> so I, I like Kaminsky a lot too, but I think the Lions may prioritize him. But Dean Lowry and uh, Puna Ford are two names that are kind of like mid-level defensive linemen and Ogunjobi. Um, but that's not the point of the show to, to mention the Steelers. But I, I would take Ogunjobi back. But Dean Lowry yeah. or Puna Ford, Puna Ford's from the Seahawks. Those are guys who are kind of mid-tier and uh, I think would take a humble contract and be able to come in and provide a little something more than Loudermilk. Uh, I was going to mention, like, you didn't follow Derek Rivers. Of course, I followed him, and I was a big stand for him for my alma mater of Yokestown State, a very formidable FCS weapon in his day. With the New England Patriots, he ended up drafted in the third round, as was Chase Winovich. And these were both guys that we were fawning over in the draft and thought could be first-round draft picks of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Seemed like they were courting both very heavily. Uh, the year they took uh, TJ Watt was Derek Rivers, and the year they took Devin Bush was Chase Winovich. And Winovich was just recently with the Cleveland Browns via trade. Uh, it's funny, both of those guys initially ended up with the Patriots, didn't end up doing anything big with Bill Belichick. Uh, injuries really played a factor at Rivers. He was last with, uh, was he with the Texans last? And then uh, via the Rams or vice versa. Uh, so that's always interesting if you're thinking you could get something out of the tank. But when we're talking about middle round type players, and those are, you know, ed edge rusher types. Uh, Solomon Thomas comes to mind, formerly of the Jets. You talk about first round pedigree, formerly a uh, third uh, overall draft pick in that 2017 NFL draft by the San Francisco 49ers and was only right about two and a half. Yeah. Two, geez, two and a half. There was a onion article. It said something like key to success to winning Super Bowl, not drafting Mitch Trubisky. See what you could do when you don't draft Mitch Trubisky. And it showed like the chiefs with Patrick Mahomes. I was like, man, is that a, that a shot, like a low blow. Uh, but Solomon Thomas, but Solomon Thomas fits like the Mike Tomlin, uh, like the Tyson Alou Alou type of pattern. Yeah. It's a guy that maybe. He has all those physical tools and talents. Is it going to break the bank? And maybe you get a little bit more. Uh, he could punch above whatever his contract is going to end up being. So with all of that said, uh, we're starting to get up against it. I forgot about linebackers. It's added back into here. Let's just discuss the elephant in the room. I don't think they could afford Tremaine Edmonds, nor will they put that much money all onto the defensive side of the football with Alex Highsmith potentially looming. If you're thinking you got to replace Alex Highsmith next year, how high of a draft pick are you going to use this year or next to get another edge rusher? And will you? And where will that fall based on the prospects that are available? This is what all the scouts are running around scattering, doing, and reporting back right now. And I do think that the Steelers may actually like Highsmith enough and be able to afford to keep him around uh, versus uh, paying a, a bigger dollar up front for somebody else to potentially fill his role. So that's why I think Tremaine Edmonds, I think Tremaine Edmonds will be one of the uh, highest paid, maybe one of the higher paid guys in free agency. I'd be shocked if he wasn't, to be completely honest. And I just don't think the Steelers would end up doing it. On the other hand, everybody wants to link him to the Steelers because Terrell Edmonds Play with the Steelers and Mike Tomlin loves people who that's are Tomlin's related to fault. one another. That's not the, that's not everybody's fault. That's but Tomlin's Terrell, fault. Terrell, Terrell isn't under contract. So I no, mean, JJ no, Watt's brother's thing though. It said Tomlin's like dumbness. It said he's created this monster of everybody thinking like, oh, brothers, they'll be on the Steelers. Yeah, JJ Watt's going to come out of retirement, and then we won't have to talk about Larry Ogajobi and whatnot hey, hey, hey. too. He yeah. said he would do that. He said, per pardon my take, if the Steelers are the one seed in the playoffs, week seventeen. 
and we give him $10 million to come play in the playoffs, he'll do it. $10 million? Wait, he would need $10 million. That would be his paycheck for week 17. That's the, that's, that's the joke, is that he'll, do, he'll play four games for $10 million for the, for would, the but, one seed, too, so he gets a buy. Well, knowing JJ, he would get hurt, and the way those contracts work is it's like one seventeenth of the check. Well, $10 million, would it be he gets $10 million for week 17, or does he get one seventeenth of $10 million and then gets whatever the stipend is that they pay everybody? Everybody makes the same amount to play the play- playoff games uh, unless there's, you know, somebody hit some incentive or something like Juju win the Super Bowl. I think he got an extra like half mil in his pocket or something like that uh, based on the incentives. But I don't know. Yeah, You're dissecting it way too much, dude. If we're the one know, seed, that's, what, that's great. Going back to it, Terrell isn't currently under contract. So who's to say that, that he and Tremaine don't uh, join hands, link up, and go somewhere else? Maybe Arizona, too. Who knows? That's, that's a good <laughs> That's a good um, segue to, to DB because I don't think safety is very relevant unless they lose Terrell Edmonds and DeMonte Casey. If they're able to keep Terrell Edmonds and DeMonte Casey, I don't think we need to sign any free agent safeties at all. Uh, as far as linebacker with Edmonds, yeah, he's probably going to be the top demanding inside linebacker. So I'm sticking to my guns that I think they could get one big fish. But if they sign anybody um, to any kind of good contract, then Edmonds isn't going to happen. I, I do like Jermaine Pratt from the Bengals. He's developed into a rather good starting inside linebacker from NC State. Uh, he covers well. He hits well. Steelers know him well, obviously, being a part of the Bengals. The Bengals cap is kind of screwed. I don't know how much they can afford to re-sign guys who are primed to get a, a decent contract. Um, so I, I like Jermaine Pratt. Uh, well, they're not essentially screwed, but there is that Burrow contract looming off in the horizon. They've got a lot of money. Yeah, there. Once that once that happens, and uh, they've got a, and how much are you going to be able to? Are you paying him up front? They've got some rollover, but it. I just are you going to keep Bates? Like their defense is going to start to uh, show some signs. They're going to have to get some guys that are cheaper rookie contracts or lesser guys. Like they they need to find like another guy like a Pratt, a Pratt or Logan Wilson that 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 they hit on uh so to speak. So Yeah, yeah, um, third fourth round guy comes in becomes exactly. the starter for you. Um yeah. I know you like David Long. The Steelers do have yep. int- have uh documented former interest in David Long. I uh, think of the Titans and Bobby Wagner obviously has to come up because of his name. If he were to want to come in and take a one-year deal, because the Steelers aren't total shit anymore. You know, I think we're viewed as kind of like an up-and-coming, like we're going to be fighting for a playoff spot next year. So the idea of a veteran, like, oh, I could go to the Steelers and and try to try to help get a ring. Or or playing for Mike Tomlin. Playing for Mike Tomlin. As many many fans that say fire Tomlin, players don't think that same way. Man, I want to go play for Mike Tomlin. And Tomlin's been around for so long where you have guys that were growing up and this is what they were dreaming of is maybe being in a Steelers jersey and playing for Mike Tomlin. Yeah. I mean, the Tomlin factor definitely matters. It's one of the, my one of my favorite things after free agency's over and the Steelers sign their crop is hearing everybody talk about how Tomlin told them this and told them like we expect this and we're going after you because we think you can be a part of this and all this all this coach speak he does but you know it's genuine coming from him and the way the players talk about their conversations with Tomlin um, is always great to hear. So I, I think Wagner, if, if he was affordable, I would take him, dude. Why not? I mean, he didn't have a bad year with the Rams, and 
um, to come in and help be a, a veteran presence for the linebacker group because if they lose Bush and Miles Jack, it, it's like the, they need a veteran presence in there for, for the middle of the defense. So that's basically linebacker in a nutshell. There isn't a whole lot going on there, but there are some names, but similar to a lot of these names, it's all going to depend on what the Steelers do in-house because if they lose Bush and Jack, then this becomes a glaring need. If they're able to keep one of them, it's still a need, but it isn't glaring. Yeah, and Jack's under contract. It's just speculation of what they save eight million or whatever if yeah. he's released. If he's like a, if you do that, you get. Remember, we had this conversation last year, maybe even last year with Joe Schobert. I was still defending him or something about, uh, yeah, his contract kind of sucks, or it might have been even someone else that we were saying, who do you upgrade? Who do you find for this amount of money? And then Miles Jack all of a sudden got released and. That, that took like all of two days to end up becoming a thing. Um, revisiting a couple things with just salary type stuff, uh, just real quick. And we kind of jumped into DBs uh, mixed in here, but I'm going to come back around to them. Number one is uh, Bud Dupree in his contract. He's the second highest paid player for the Tennessee Titans. He has a cap number of 20.2 uh, this season. 19.2, 18.7. They're eating 10, 8, 6, 4, and $3.2 million. Uh, they will save close to uh, about nine and a half and then close to 13 and 15 and a half over the next three years, cutting them. So they're eating money and could save money because they've had to do funky things with their cap. The Cincinnati Bengals, on the other hand, the reason it's I made like the fresh grass, baby. Yeah. The reason I, I made the comments I did there is Jesse Bates didn't want to even play under the tag last year. Uh, Bates and Bell are both the whole secondary. Eli Apple, Trey Flowers, I know is more of a reserve role. The only guy they have is Chidobi Wuzier still there under contract. Uh, you got a couple other role players like Samjay Prine, Drew Sample, and as you mentioned uh, just a few moments ago, Jermaine Pratt also on that list. So they've got a number of uh, different things that they have to do in-house there. And right now they're looking at about $35.5 million uh, to um, maybe sign a couple of uh, guys they have to fill starting roles, keep that team competitive, plus the borough contract. The reason why they're not maybe spending so much money, and they're not known to spend money. Uh, Mike Brown, is he's a cheapskate. <laughs> he's the yeah. nutting of the NFL. So he's Bob, Yeah, he's the Bob Nutting of the NFL, so... Uh, we'll take a look at some of the names that are on safety and corner list here. And Jabril Peppers stood out to me particularly. A lot of people like Rock Yassin, and I know he had a lot of uh, smoke around him with the Steelers stiffing around in that particular draft. Same well, with Peppers. Peppers too. Everybody thought that Peppers was going to be the pick, utility-type guy. He could easily be another Edmonds or KZ style of signing. So I, I like Peppers uh, particularly there. I'm open. I'm open to Jabril Peppers for sure. I, um, I think he fits the Steelers' uh, mold. Um, outside of Minka, of course, Minka isn't your typical Steeler safety mold. I, when I say Steeler safety mold, I mean a guy like who can come. He's like a pseudo linebacker almost, like good in coverage still, but like Edmonds um, and guys before him. I, I think it's a spot where you need to be physical, and Minka's physical, but he he's He's his own being, you know, so I'm not considering him when I talk about this, but Jabril Peppers would fit the defense. He can come up in the run game. He can drop back into coverage. He can man up on defense. And there is documented interest from the Steelers uh, talking to him during draft time and whatnot. Um, but I, I still 
would rather just keep uh, Edmonds and Casey if possible. If not, then yeah, the door opens for Jabril Peppers would probably be my first choice, actually, of the free agent safeties. And then Von Bell, if we're able to get him away from the Bengals, because he also fits very physical style of play the Steelers look for in their safety position. Good locker room guy, um, great for vibes, you know, <laughs> very vocal leader, and the Steelers know him well. Um, former Ohio State Buckeye, they love their Ohio State players. Yep. So that's why we thought he was going to be drafted instead of Sean Davis. Yeah, yeah. A lot of then. people made the Get connection with Bond Bell coming here. I think that the safety position though has that big asterisk that um it all depends on what they do with Edmonds and Casey. Corner with, with Rocky Sin, I'd be interested in him coming in. Uh Marcus Peters is a name that fits really everything of what the Steelers look for in a free agent as far as pedigree. There was interest when he was younger in the draft. Uh, they've played against him for years, being on the Ravens. He's still a good player, and I saw that he would demand about eh, $10 million a year um, on a contract with, with his current age and level of play, which is still good, but he, he's a little older now. So Marcus Peters from the Ravens is a possibility, I think. I'm not um, interested. You know what? <laughs> No, he just gives up on plays too much. I'm not what? a big. Uh, he gives up on play too much. Oh, he's, so. he's a very uh, Trayvon Diggs like player. That's what, he he bites on stuff a lot for sure. He goes for the pick, and uh, then you have guys like James Bradbury, who, despite the Super Bowl, he's going to cost a lot of money because he's yep. probably the best corner available. And um, Jonathan Jones on the Patriots is a good ball player. So there are some names that they could. Um, they could look to uh, target if they are to lose Cam Sutton um, or even if they retain him and they, they want to like add another body to the room. I think there are, uh, there's some names, but not, not a whole lot of juice there. Honestly, that I look at the other spots more and tend to think that if they want to get a new corner, they might look to the draft. Um, yeah. Most realistically. Bring back, bring back Cam Sutton and you still definitely, got the room Witherspoon might be depth or Levi Wallace. I could still roll with all that. Is any of them really the, a, a one wouldn't say Sutton's a one, but he's a damn fine two. Yeah. And, I think he's, I think he's very important. I, I want Cam Sutton yep. back a hundred percent. He's, he's kind of like, it almost doesn't matter because I think with him here or not, there's still, they still should add a body, a corner. I don't know if it'd be in free agency or in the draft. I just, I don't have the confidence in Witherspoon that I once had like a calendar a year ago. Agreed. And um, Levi Wallace is solid, but you know, still prone, still prone to be a beat. And yeah. you know, I still don't think he's even had the ceiling that I had originally for Steven Nelson. Uh, a good distinction with Von Bell is, is that he's played both safety positions in the NFL. He's been playing more uh, strong than free safety with the Cincinnati Bengals due to Jesse Bates. Of course, Minka playing free. A lot of people forget that Minka is a free safety and Edmonds is the strong safety. It's a, you know, different than the way it was. <laughs> it's it, with Troy Polamalu was playing more strong. So they do. They, they, they I've some touched on this before. It's beautifully, I, it's beautiful irony that Minka is more of like an Ed Reed type than he is Polamalu, yet he is viewed as the next Polamalu in a Steeler fan it's, sense. Yeah, I was going to say it would work out beautifully for an all-time Steelers team, but it doesn't when you have all of the great names that have played for the team over the years of the franchise. It doesn't get any easier over that period of time. My apologies. I, I know you've been hearing me cough a little bit. Hopefully that hasn't showed up in the show. 
I've been hitting uh, the mute button on my mic a little bit. Man, I'll tell you. Hitting a joint weather, over there. Man, this weather, this weather just keeps – no, it's not. But uh, it keeps going. This weather is just killing me with the allergies and whatnot. Um, Jabril Peppers also to note, formerly uh, in the division, Cleveland Browns. So they got to see and they know. So they either know, no, no, we don't want them, or eh, kind of looking around or whatever. And how about Landon Collins came – back around last year too. <laughs> well, I, was, but, um, I was happy for him actually. Yeah. Cause uh, he, uh, the giants fans seem to really want him back to kind of right the wrong of losing him. And he had the one like pick six or a fumble six, um, wearing his number 21. Again, I was a big Landon Landon Collins guy when he was coming out of Alabama. And, uh, when he almost won defensive player of the year with the giants, but, as is the case for anybody that goes to the Washington Commanders Redskins football team, his career kind of just fell off a cliff. They didn't know how to use him when they when they signed him, and as a result, that's why he's back in New York now playing for cheap. Yep, absolutely. Well, that puts us up against it. I think that covers just about all of the names. And yeah, I'm with you. I, I think they have to add. They they have to re-sign or add to their defensive backs. Obviously, the corners uh, are real toss up as, yeah. as is safety because of Edmonds and Casey being unsigned. Um, but corner, it's just such a toss up because it isn't like we're a total shit there. Like I do like Sutton a lot. Obviously, I love Sutton. I think Levi's starter capable. I think Mollett's a good player. But it's like if you could get uh, if you could get a star in that mix or a like better a player than what we have, that can yeah. make all the difference. Yeah, like a Marlon Humphrey type player. Yes. I don't think William Jackson III is going to be sticking around, and he's north of 30. That just doesn't work. So, yeah, I mean, and the smoke with the fire, I don't dismiss Joey Porter Jr. whatsoever. I don't know that he'll be there. It's the same thing. It's the same problem I had. Like, okay, Najee Harris, it was I was talked into that. Najee was going to be, it'd be there. Running backs usually don't go. I'm crossing my fingers he's going to be there, but more than likely he was going to be there. Kenny Pickett, I was like, no, nah, he's not going to be available at, like, pick 20. Uh, Porter Jr. Yeah, I had to tell you on Malik Willis, as most yeah, people well, I knew. Yeah, there's a lot of those where we got to apologize, and you look back on, and it's kind of funny. And I don't no, know, we still don't have to apologize, dude. I was very specific in everything I said. That Kenny was always top three. It was Kenny, <laughs> Malik, and Desmond Ritter. They were. Going I'm apologizing. I'm apolog. I'm the one apologizing. Uh, okay, so yeah, yeah. Don't. But don't I never. For me. I never really dogged them. I just, you know, I'm a, I am what I am when it comes to rookie quarterbacks and getting their experience and everything in the league. And you're uh, one of my favorite Kenny supporters now, dude. Just look at it that way. <laughs> well, that's good. I appreciate that. See you there, pal. See you there. <laughs> Anyways, that'll do it for us, folks. We are we are well beyond it. That's because we talked about the XFL for a little bit. So if you are jumping around, yeah, throwing it. I'm not going to throw it. I. Don't want to hit anything that's over there right now. Clean it up around here. Spring cleaning going on. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe I kicked up some dust. Get the old Murphy's oil soap out, and I was cleaning around. And everything was dusty, so I bet that's what it is. Just something. Some Tide Pods. Just that. Yeah, that's that's what it is. <laughs> you know, we're talking about that. It might predate you, but the thing that uh, my generation was stupid for. People are like, was there anything as stupid as uh, back in the 80s and 90s that would have been like the equivalent of Tide Pods? Yes, absolutely. There was. It was called uh, sniffing the big Sharpie markers and um, uh, 
oh, what's the correction stuff you used to use on a typewriter? You probably don't. Then whiteout, yes, whiteout was ah. another thing, or the glue, you know. You and, think you're and, dating I, yourself? I got out of fifth grade one time because I sat there and started huffing on whiteout because I wanted to make myself throw up so I could get out of class because I didn't do my homework. Worked like a charm. I was oh, out of that geez. bitch. Yes, and then how how ill were you feeling after that, or did it wear off pretty quick? Um, from what I remember, I was totally fine after I threw up. But <laughs> giving like, people bad ideas. <laughs> We're giving people bad ideas. <laughs> well, I don't think many fifth graders listen to the show. When I was in elementary school, I wanted to throw up as much as possible because that's how you got out. If you threw up, they had to send you home. I, I bet that still works today. If you just have a sniffle or a cough, they don't want to send because of all the COVID stuff. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's like, no, keep the kid, keep the daughter at home. Uh, so that that's worked out. Like we took an extra day with Disney on one of those. It was just like, Hey, uh, I don't think she's going to have to repeat the fourth grade. We're good. So <laughs> we got to see Mickey. We got to see Ed stitch. And, and we stitch, got to see stitch. Yeah. <laughs> All right, folks, that'll do it for us. A uh, little bit meat of content here. We almost split this in two. We thought about it, but we just had a lot of good stuff to get to you. We'll be back maybe later this week. We've got free agency right around the corner. We got guys running around in shorts out there in Indianapolis coming up as well. Uh, Mike Tom will be sitting anybody he stares at in whatever particular direction that will probably be made of note by some other website. And we'll just say they, they were looking at everybody. I, Dale Lawley did that. Um, I think the other day he said something like the Steelers went into the senior bowl. They talk to everyone. Everyone does the, like the same interviews and everything like that. So there's no point in pointing out who they actually talk to or whatnot, which I thought was fantastic because that was one of my other annoyances throughout the year, uh, throughout the season. Mock drafts still annoy me because you don't know what's going to happen with free agency. We're starting to see players get released, so I'm sure we're going to have some news of that coming right around, coming down the pike, favorite term of my mom's. I have my mom around for two weeks here in town and uh, get all of her isms, and stuff like that. So anyway... Uh, that'll do it for us today on today's show. My name's Joe. His name's Zach. Zach, thanks for joining us. Thanks for coming back. This is what happens, man. We have some incredibly long show that somebody, hopefully, uh, our two percenters are still hanging around. So say hello out there, folks. Thanks for supporting and listening and viewing wherever you may be. And until next time, we encourage everyone out there to be safe, be good, and we'll catch you later. We would like to thank you for listening and remind our listeners to follow us on social media and our website www.steelcityunderground.com